Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walt podcast. So, today's episode is one of those that is kind of a little bit awkward about the language and the title that I'm using. Um, I think today is Monday when you'll be listening to this. So, it's kind of the title is getting back on track easily, and that whole on track, off track mentality drives me up the wall. Because it's not a, your diet's not a train and it can't go off track or on track. And we need to look at it from a point of view of a lot of people know what to do when it comes to kind of getting back on track. But for whatever reason, we don't do it. And my hesitation about using this concept at all is that it comes from this really, really strict diet culture and diet mentality of either being on a diet or being on healthy plans or being good or right or on or off or eating badly and being wrong. And, but I don't know what you are thinking when you're kind of listening to this, but in terms of all or nothing, when it comes to that mentality, it's never really served me. It's protected me but it's never really served me. And what I mean it's protected me, it's protected me from getting a little bit uncomfortable. It's protected me from doing what I needed to. But often people will not move if they're not uncomfortable. The only way I've ever seen discovery happen for people, including myself, and I'll only use myself as the best example, and I can only ever use that, is the discoveries that I've made from myself with food, training, mental health, all these kind of different things, and when I've been the most uncomfortable. And when people bring in this all or nothing mentality, they think it's serving them. Then they bring in this perfectionism perfectionism thing. And we need to look at it. Perfectionism and nutrition, protect perfectionism and food have no place in your life. When people say they're fear of failing, you're failing already by bringing in perfectionism. And... What I'm ta- when I'm talking about being on track, I don't want this to be misconstrued as being perfect with your plan. I don't want it to be that you always have to be on plan. And maybe you should consider softening your attachment to this, con- this kind of concept altogether so that you never ever consider yourself being off track, that you're always on track because you're still alive or you're still in your life. We eat to live. We're always living. Someone that could be in your life is always around you. I want to offer this whole thing of this is a time for you to start enjoying yourself, enjoying yourself around food, enjoying it without guilt-free, that you can have these environments where there might be more food there, there might be these meals out, you might be on a cruise or whatever it may be. And it's about starting and adopting that mindset and getting rid of that perfection that I need to be perfect. That's an unattainable attachment idea that you have that's never ever going to be achieved. And the belief system that's surrounding you around that is created from a control mechanism. It comes from grief, trauma, bullying, parents, a death in the family or whatever it may be. So what we do is we protect ourselves by saying if we can't control that outcome, we may as well control everything else. Food, whatever it may be. Work. If we work this hard, we see this outcome. If we save this amount of money, we save this outcome. But that's not as losing weight or gaining weight or nutrition or health isn't as black and white 
It's not as if I do this and this and this, that I will get this amount of weight. Your weight will fluctuate. And that's what drives people up the wall. It's like, well, they're controlling their actions, but they can't control the outcome as much as they want. But they can't control it to a point. And it's letting loosen of that kind of noose on that weight loss or that scales weight that you're having. So I think when people let loose of this, of, of actually practicing this mindset, I think what happens when we think in terms is we extend ourselves to this like fuck it mentality or screw it period. Well, I'm off track now, so I might, might as well enjoy it. So you may have overeaten at the weekend. You'd be like, ah, fuck it. I might as well continue. Might as well start next week. And then when we start back, we're on track. And then we find that we have this little voice in our head saying, ah, we're, we can find ourselves saying, sure, I'm doing well now, but it's only a matter of time. And that feels unsettling. It's kind of like, well, I, I, I've, done, I've been here before. I'm grand for two or three days, but then... Sure, I'm just going to go back into old ways. So there's not much of an upside here. You're kind of playing devil's advocate yourself. And that can be tiring and really, really mentally tiring. So I just want you to drop that possibility that when you notice your brain doing that binary thing, that all or nothing, which it's going to do, it's there as a protection tool. It's not there to sabotage you because you're in control of your actions. And because I could come up with a better way to explain my solutions and without using those terms, I'll be using the off track and on track in this episode to make my points. But when you notice yourself in that whole thing, you can shift your thinking around for for now. If you want it because you're on track or off track. So how do you stop this never ending cycle? So before you get back on track, I want you to ask yourself two very, very big questions, right? The first question is when you reflect, did you make a conscious decision about going off track? Example, you may not may not have even been off track if you decided you were going to allow more exceptions or less hunger and followed through on that. In which case you're going on right track, you're simply making decisions about your protocol or according to your values. Or what can also happen is, or what's more common is that you didn't decide to go off track. You didn't go into your weekend or, or holiday with the plan at all. And slowly the overeating and the drinking crept in until you hit a break point when you got home and thought, that's enough, I need to get back on track here. The second question you need to ask yourself is, where did you notice some wins or some improvement from before? So maybe the holiday that you've taken or the cruise that you've taken or the weekend away that you've taken, you had two cookies and stopped, whereas you probably would have had five beforehand. Or you had some sort of structure for the week. Or maybe you stuck to your meals and snacked less. Maybe you were less hungry going into the evening. So you snacked less. So you need to look and acknowledge the small wins that you've had. It it shouldn't be always about the scales. It rarely should be about the scales, if I'm being 100% honest. It's important to give your non-scale victories as much equal airtime as possible. For your brain to actually process wins. So... If you look at it from the first question again, when you reflect, did you make a conscious decision about going off track? Did you intend? Most people will say when they're going off track, I've got the weekend away now. I'm going on holiday. I want to lose weight. I don't want to put on all the weight, but I also want to drink everything and eat everything. I'm kind of like, it's kind of like I want to have all my cake and eat it. And I'm kind of like, well, we can make the biggest plan or strategy in the world, but the one thing that I'm noticing right now is your intent. Your intent is way off. Your intent is bringing you further away from your goal than you think. Well, I don't want to gain weight. It was like, well, why is that so important to you? What can you control? I can control my actions, but I also want to be able to 
have the drinks and have the the food with my partner or whatever it may be but you need to look at it from a point of view of if you want to have everything and drink everything and eat everything that's okay but you also need to be able to deal with the repercussions afterwards will the weight go up probably is that a huge negative no will it go down after a little while yes will i stay off the scales for a little while yes but if your intent to go into that holiday is to just eat rabbit leaves and not to drink and be miserable on that holiday and then once the first day passes the second day passes you're starting to get rely on willpower and then you overeat and over drink for the rest of it you've been lying to yourself because you're not living according to your values so a really big sentence that helps me is i'll always check in on myself right i know in the next kind of five or six weeks i've loads of things on birthdays partner's birthday my dad's birthday um loads of different things on my mate's wedding which is away for three days so i know i have loads of different things to navigate but i'll be checking in on myself and saying right what do i what's my expectation of myself in september it's to do the best i can which for me it's on a sunday getting my regular meals in, getting my meal prep done what I mean by meal prep is writing out a menu or having the right, having the foods that I would normally go for in the house. So when I get back on late Sunday after events or the, from that wedding on a Sunday night, I know that food's going to be in the house. So even on the Friday morning, we'll be flying on Friday night and we're back on Sunday. I'll know on Friday afternoon, I'll just go and get a few bits and pieces and get them into the house to get me through, through on Monday. Because that's a little bit of planning. But it doesn't mean that I'm on track or off track. It's kind of trying to manage what I can. Because then I'm winning Monday. I'm already back in line with where I want to go. Which is feel decent. If I'm eating decent, I feel decent. When I don't eat well, I feel I don't feel great. Mentally and physically. But what a lot of people do is they think that the weekend derails them. They think the holiday derails them. It's not. I've never met a client or had a client that has been derailed by one action. So if you had one meal out, it's never that one action that derails you. It's the follow-on action and the follow-on and the follow-on and follow-on. That's what derails you. It's not, and if your mindset hasn't changed of moving that perfection thing, it can be difficult. But you are in charge of your next action. No one else. Oh, Sharon made me eat it. No, she didn't. You need to take some sort of responsibility for your actions. You need to say, right, am I acting like the person I want to become? Is this going to aid me? What's the next bar going to do for me that the last one didn't? Will this help me get me closer to my goal? Will I feel better for this? And it's not about a fear of missing out. It's not about willpower. It's not about motivation. It's asking yourself, is this the best decision for me to where I want to go? And for me in that moment in time, if I know on after those events, I'll be like, right, I'll be eating normal. So they say next weekend, it's my dad, and he has a, it's a big birthday next weekend for my dad. My brother's flying in with his wife and we've two big events. We've got a small family meal on Saturday and then we've got all dads, dads from a massive family. So it's a big old meal on Sunday. So I know I also have a match on Saturday. So I know I need to eat a fair bit on Friday to get through, through the match on Saturday. That I need to eat a fair decent amount before after the match to get to dinner so i'm not starving i don't faint but i know when i'm at that meal i'll be checking on myself and saying right i want to be able to be present i'm not going to worry about life's more than calories and more life's more than food i'm just going to be having the food that i want 
My intent at that event is to be present and to have the food I want. On Sunday morning, go for a walk, grab a cup of coffee, get the shop in, and then I've got the lunch again with the bigger family and I'll probably do the same again. But I haven't unrailed anything or derailed anything because my mindset is completely intent on being present. It's aligned with my values. Most people aren't clear on their values. They think that weight loss and fat loss will make them happy. Yes, it can make us happier. But if you are eating or worrying about meals out and things derailing you, there's bigger things, that there's bigger pieces of the puzzle that you're missing out on. My job as a coach is to teach you how to do that through, if you're counting calories, through a weekly budget or a weekly calorie average. If you are focusing on regular meals, maybe you're having three meals, two or three snacks for the week and then maybe move them down to three basic meals during the weekend. Or maybe if you're out for your meal and you still want to be present with what you're doing, pick two out of four. Start a main dessert drink, pick two out of those four. Now, most people will have more drinks and that's fine, but we need to have a conscious decision saying, right, I'm dealing with the effects of this tomorrow. I'm not running away from it. I'm not pushing it on the long finger. A lot of people will decide to go off track. It's the intent behind it. But what do you actually do when you feel that you're lost in it and you have no motivation to get back on track at all? What about those times you say, feck it, I'm not in the mood for this at all? And a lot of you listening to this will feel like that. The first thing you need to realize is that you don't believe the lie that the food is what you want most. When your brain ramps up, it's telling you, know that when your brain is telling you it just tastes too good to resist, what's really happening is your brain wants the emotional escape or distraction. It's not that you're craving chocolate, it's not that you're craving sugar, it's not that you're craving carbs, it's not that you're craving bread. It's not so much about the food is going to taste so good. It's about the escape and the distraction that's going to make you feel. But now you could be saying, but it does really taste good. I'm kind of like, I know it's it's also an escape and distraction, but that, that ice cream that you have or that bread you have, the carbs that you have, does taste good. Maybe it's not the ice cream for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's that you enjoy it while you're like mostly eating it on the couch or being present with your partner or, dis- or distraction from that. Or distraction from what's ahead of you in the next day. That you, maybe you, the work and stuff that you're doing on a Sunday night isn't fulfilling you. That you're going into Monday dreading it. Maybe if you look at imagining eating that, that same food while your fire, fire alarm is broken and going off in a house. There's no fire. It won't just turn off. How good does that food taste at that moment? Hardly pleasurable at all. Maybe a one or a two. But when you're being present and looking at the pleasure scale and you're being present with it, it's probably on a scale of one to ten. It's probably on a ten. But if we look at it from what I said there about the fire alarm, when it's all rushed and no action, it's on a scale of one to two. Because because the taste is very much tied to our thoughts and feelings. You need to remind your brain that taste is subjective and you can control your desire even if you're most favorite foods by what you're thinking. Asking yourself and checking in yourself rather because most people are have this disassociation with food. And I was on the Carla Rourke's podcast recently and one of the big topics we talked about was this disassociation from food. And what this means is when people are overeating or stress eating, they're not present. Look, if you look at what the last few times that you've eaten today or yesterday or over the weekend, what are you doing? 
you like eating no, no no what are you actually doing watching tv phone in your hand laptop on your on your knee or on the table in front of you you're scrolling on instagram watching tiktok videos you're not present so how can you be making honorable decisions to what you need in that moment in time no i'm not going to sit here and say i don't eat in front of the television i do i don't do it every day but i do do it like i know on the night of recording this there's going to be a match on so i'll be having dinner when the match is on but i know the food that I'm having is going to be fueling me. It's going to be honoring what I want to do. It has the protein, has the veggies, has the carbs. It takes 15 minutes to cook. 20 minutes to cook. So it's not a huge chunk of my day that's allocated to bringing me somewhere to where I want to go. You need to ask yourself, remind your brain that is the taste is subjective. It's not the food that's the issue. Often the f- we say that we're good or bad. It's the food's not the issue. It's how it's how we feel about ourselves being projected onto the food, and that the food is a form of a form of a distraction or escape. We need to adopt the belief that every single bite is a decision of itself. So just because you have a little of something doesn't mean you need to keep going. You can if you want, but just because you had one cookie doesn't mean you need to have the two or the five. You are more capable of stopping or reducing that picking or reducing that snacking than you actually believe. It's independent of that previous choice. They are separate. Each bite is a decision, a conscious decision. But it can only be conscious if you are, if you are present in that moment. If you are distracted by everything and everyone, well then you're not going to make conscious present decisions. You need to observe yourself with curiosity. You need to look and say, why is your brain keeping looping back into that popcorn or that chocolate? I wonder if it's because I ate cookies today and my brain is like, well, let's keep the dopamine train going. I mean, you're off track anyway, so what's the difference this popcorn is going to make? But man, you st- and you can actually put in some space between your thoughts and your actions with calm curiosity and independence of judgment. It will change everything for you. Now, this might all sound wishy-washy and a little bit up in the air, all this kind of stuff, and that's fine. But this is the way my brain operates and gets this information out of my head so I can help clients. I look at things a very different lens the way most coaches look at. And then even on a further scale, you've got the likes of Paul Dermody, who's a great friend of the show, and I was literally talking to him during the week. He talks about this kind of stuff as well. This food piece, food is easy. Nutrition is easy. What complicates it is distraction what complicates it is rules what complicates it is rigid rules what complicates it is emotions but if we have this curiosity everything will change for us so why do we eat at a certain time if we are aware of why we do things this awareness piece is huge why do we do things a certain way i know i'm speaking to someone recently it's like well why are we eating a certain food we're kind of trying to work on reducing kind of picking or snacking or whatever it may be on the weekend and we were working through it and it was early on in their kind of their journey and we're kind of we had a few decent wins at the beginning and we kind of this the the, the food in general the food that they mentioned was bread and bread is one of those foods that has these city food rules on it that it's, it's going to make you fat prove it just send me one study that will make you, that bread will make you fat you won't find any. 
So, the big thing that they were kind of saying was, I don't know when I'm overeating it. Okay, like, well, if you think about the last time you overate, what was actually going on? I was in the house alone. Okay, so if you look back the last two or three times that we've overeaten on the last few weekends, what was going on? Well, I was alone in the house. Okay, so great, we're aware of this now. So we're aware that when you're alone in the house, we struggle to be present. We struggle with this calm curiosity. We struggle with this connection to ourselves and checking in ourselves. So we dug a little bit deeper and we said, well, what, what does the food do for you? It calms me, it soothes me, okay, it comforts me. So what? How? where does that come from? Well, they associated with cooking bread with their, their granny, I think it was. And like me, it's like brown bread. When I walk past a bakery and brown bread, it reminds me of my granny. It's that smell in the kitchen. I'm making that brown bread. But I think what what we got, when we dug into it a little bit deeper, the first quite, the first time I asked them what was actually going on and when did they realized they didn't know, and there was a little bit of kind of like a jump back from me and kind of saying, well, how have we actually paused to think about it, and they're kind of like, no, it's like, well, how do how can we say we don't know if we haven't thought about it, and it was too uncomfortable for them in the time because they felt they were they felt that they were judging themselves and they didn't want to acknowledge the thing, so we kind of said gave them a safe place and said, right, there's no judgment here on the table, let's work through this we did what the next step is which is talk to to each other like we spoke to, we kind of spoke to ourselves and all right let's look talk to each other like we're a child like when you look at the times that you've overeaten or go on or off track in inverted commas and you do it and you go off track you beat yourself up out of fear of judgment so you try to control everyone else's opinion because you think other people are watching you what you do and saying well why i'm lazy i'm of no motivation i'm no willpower i don't know if i want this enough it's kind of like no, you're berating yourself. You're talking yourself down. But if you look at how you talk to your kids, I guarantee it's not that way. If you heard your kids say that to them, you wouldn't be happy with that. So it needs to be taken from an element of compassion and saying, right, what could I have done in that moment? What have I improved on in that moment? Would I do differently anything in that moment? And I think when people... I talk to clients all the time of kind of like, you're going to learn more about the days that don't go according to the way you wanted to. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, if life was a straight line, you're going to learn nothing. It's going to be monotonous. The days that you have weekends out or you overeat or there's judgment or there's food guilt, they're the days that are going to create the freedom for you in the long run. So these are actually good events. Because you learn your values you learn what's important to you you learn how to change that mindset you also learn your awareness and you learn how your behaviors actually manage and things for you so we need to look at this whole situation of you need to consider dropping that all or nothing thinking of being on or off track you need to end that cycle of diet starts tomorrow or today monday mentality you need to take time to reflect on why the overeating and so-called off track happened Hence, there was probably not enough planning or there was not enough execution. There probably wasn't enough eating throughout the day or there probably wasn't enough sleep the night before or you were stressed. None of it's your fault. But if you learn and say, right, compare it to what happened this time with the last time, what have you done differently? Will I still have my dinner? I may have overeaten at lunch when I went out for lunch with my colleagues, but I still have my dinner. 
that's a big big win because previously you would have restricted another win would be like i still went for my walk or i still got some sleep but when you find yourself in that off track fuck it mentality screw up mode there are four options and you can choose one or all and it's a choice it's a it's it's up to you to choose the adventure that you want to go on you need to look at it you need to look at it from a point of view of that it's not so much about the food and not so much about the food that it's going to taste so good but it's that escape and distraction that you're going to feel from it it's a it's, it's about adopting that belief that every single bite is a decision of itself i'll always use this example of what's the next one going to do for me that the last one didn't when you are present you will find that there's a satisfaction factor scale. And what you'll find is that after the second or third one, you'll find that the enjoyment goes. So say if right now, like I have a chocolate bar here in front of me, right? Yeah, I had a chocolate bar before I came on. I had one of those uh, double-deckers. They were class. And I could easily have eaten three or four. But I know I'm a little bit dehydrated because it's so warm at the minute i know i've had the windows closed as well because there's stuff going on outside so i'm very warm and i'm very dehydrated at the minute recording this but i know if i wanted another one i need to go down all the way downstairs and go into the fridge to get my chocolate but i'll ask myself right i've had one bar i bit the first bar and said right mm, that was amazing that first bite was absolutely amazing the second bite was was okay it was decent it was really really good the third bite it was it was okay and then the finish the fourth bite it was it was mediocre so i know myself that if i'm conscious and present with that bar and i'm not in a rush to eat it i know that the on the second or third one that enjoyment factor for me or that satisfaction factor for me on that bar is a lot more in line with where I want to go. I'm being present. I'm making a conscious decision. I'm not using it as an escape or a distraction. We need to own our ownership and take ownership of our actions. We need to observe ourselves with this curiosity and not judgment of desire or judgment of what we think other people think. We need to speak to ourselves like children with care and actual self-love. We need to look at, say, right, it's not about being on track or off track or on plan or off plan. It's not about that. It's about making conscious decisions according to what you want to do. It's about owning your actions. If you overeat, look back at the last time that happened. Did something improve? Did you learn a lesson? Was there a lesson there or were you just like, no, I wasn't even aware of what I was doing? Now, the, the bar example that I've just spoken about there is that doesn't always happen. If I'm distracted, it doesn't happen. But see, I am not trying to be perfect with food because I know I can't be perfect with food. So why am I trying to do that? It's like me trying to be six foot five. It's not going to happen. But people have this unrealistic standard and expectation on themselves and it's not fair. They are expecting yourself to be perfect all the time. It gets tiring. It's a story protecting you from actually owning your shit. There is 
a lot of work to be done curiosity being present being aware no understanding why you do things in a certain way and it takes time but it will take longer if we don't address it so i hope you've enjoyed this episode win the next meal is the key i nearly forgot the key points (laughs) that's how hot it is in this room so if we're talking about resetting after the weekend Win the next meal. What does win the next meal is? Have a normal breakfast. Rather than restricting yourself all the way to lunchtime or even to dinner, I don't deserve to eat can come into mind, which isn't a great mentality. Oh, I'm just going to have a salad for lunch. No, please don't have a salad for lunch. I'm just going to have soup for lunch. Please don't have a soup for lunch. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're not going to fill you. It's not about eating as little as possible. It's about eating as much as possible that helps you Keep full, have energy, keep your mood up, have enough energy for training and get you through life. That's what it's about. We are in a fortunate position that we have food abundance. We don't have food scarcity. What we do have is scarcity of awareness. We do have scarcity of curiosity. We do have scarcity of facing reality. That's what we do have because we're so distracted and we're living in distraction mode. Our brains can't process everything. So no wonder we're getting abandoned. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, tag me up on your story. Share me up on your story. Leave a review up on iTunes and Spotify. So I hope you have enjoyed it.